0: One, two, three. Yeah. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, uh Scott Needham, uh longtime Amazon seller, and uh have uh had all the, the successes and struggles that that comes with. And um it's it's really funny, all the you know, but you I feel like as a seller, you get both of those worlds. Like there's just an incredible opportunity, but like there, there's a lot of challenges. And um I've gotten better <laughs> and I'm really happy to have, um, with me, uh, Nathan Hirsch. He's, uh, actually, we started using his service five, six years ago, uh, and, uh, has really, um, been, uh, an entrepreneur in this space and, and done some really cool things, um, he has started free up, scaled it to 12 million in revenue, and then actually ended up exiting it. And then he now is the uh, CEO of Ecom Balance and Outsource School. So, uh, Nathan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And, and I know Connor, my business partner and I are super appreciative of you and the whole buy boxer team of, of giving free up a chance when we were early and, and small. And uh, yeah. I know that's tough to do sometimes with a new company, but we're, we're forever in debt.
0: Yeah, no, no. I, yep. Uh, same with uh, so, uh, my software business. Those first few people that jumped in that asked a lot of questions that helped us make it a lot better. Like those are the ones that uh, really help. And um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, I'll, I'll take a step back. Like but most of my audience knows that I recommend VAs and uh, have, a, and actually, of any country that I've worked with, like the Philippines, it's just been a fantastic match. Um, and uh, let me take a step back, and and actually, this will lead into free up. I remember going to, I think maybe the first Prosper uh, show, um, and someone went up there and and just spent like thirty minutes just talking about. How great virtual assistants are, and I kind of just like rolled my eyes. I was just like, ah, it's just like not the way I wanted to work. Um, I it, it felt like I'd be spending more time managing than actually working, and I just rather work sometimes. So, um, but you know, someone on my team, you know, it connected with them, and we started uh, working with Free Up, and that was a service where uh, they 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 find trained uh uh professionals to work for you and um and generally speaking you know these uh what you can expect to pay in a with a virtual assistant is anywhere from five to eight dollars an hour um and uh it ended up working out really well and the more i jumped in and and found out what the team was doing and what uh and in the the uh Almost the um, uh, what's the the culture that they jumped into? Like, uh, super happy and uh, fun people to work with. Um, so tell us a little bit more about like free up, and now that you've like exited it, uh, I'm sure you have a slightly different perspective of of you know now 2022. What uh, a good first step is. I, I I'm still actually trying to hire some some more. VAS. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, tell us about a little bit of the story, and actually, maybe why you chose to to to, to sell free up. Yeah, sure. So, I
1: was a, an Amazon seller myself. I got started two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So, <laughs> before a lot of the courses, the gurus, the conferences, yeah. and all that stuff. And I, I was in college. I was a twenty year old student, and. I was struggling to hire. My Amazon business was scaling. I was hiring college kids that were extremely unreliable. They were drinking and smoking on the job and uh, not focused on my business. And adults didn't want to work for me. They didn't take me seriously. I didn't know how to hire a a W2 employee. So I kind of got into virtual assistant out of necessity. I, I needed help. And College kids weren't reliable. Adults, so I, I couldn't hire, and and that led me to to VAs. And I remember, w- like you, early on, I was skeptical. And once I started hiring good VAs and creating a good hiring process, that kind of opened my eyes to to what was really possible. When you could hire people to to not only work really well in your Amazon business, but also work at times that you didn't want to work. Because I was running an Amazon dropshipping business that was. Twenty-four-seven. I needed people to work weekends, people to work nights, uh, people to work outside of U.S. Eastern hours. And from that, as drop shipping kind of got harder, and I, I kind of realized that I wasn't going to build the next Amazon or reach fifty million dollars a year drop shipping, although we got to five or six in our our peak years. That kind of gave me the idea to to offer virtual assistants to other Amazon sellers because. As I started to, to network and connect with other sellers, they all had the same issue of hiring, more specifically hiring people that knew that e-commerce, that knew that Amazon. And to, to correct something small, you said our whole concept was not training these VAs. We did not want to be an agency. It was let's find people that already have these skill sets, whether it's yeah. graphic design, listing products, PPC, whatever it is let's vet them, let's make sure they're really good, and then add them to a network that we would give other sellers access to. And that's really how FreeUp got off the ground with no software, no real backing. We started it with with $5,000 and people would text me, email me, Skype me being like, I need a VA for X amount of hours with X skill set. And we would just connect them and take a percentage um, and manually build a client every single week. And as that kind of expanded we we realized we we needed a better process and we plucked one of our developers from our amazon business to to build a, a full-out marketplace and a software where clients could submit requests and there was a ticketing system an affiliate program and and automatic payments and and we kind of scaled that up throughout the years and jumping ahead a lot i mean it got to the point where we one of our clients reached out to us and said hey we're looking to get into the the va freelancer space we we don't want to build this from scratch would you be interested in being acquired and 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 we also kind of looked at it as hey we got this to 12 million A lot of things are going to have to change if we want to get this to 25 to 50 million. And maybe we can do it. Maybe we can't do it. But these entrepreneurs we sold to who are great entrepreneurs, um, Mark Hargrove, David Martin, had a lot more experience scaling businesses that way. And we felt like it was the best for the company, obviously good for us. And we were able to to take care of our team as well with some nice bonuses when we sold um, to to kind of put everyone in in a win-win-win position.
0: Yeah, no. Um, uh, yeah. Kudos to you for, for, you know, doing that. I, I do feel like, um, you know, uh, I tried to sell two businesses last year <laughs> and, uh, we did have like, you know, we're like anyone involved in the due diligence. We're like, okay, you know, if we, if we get acquired, like, you know, we'll set aside this. So, um, that's, that's cool that you got to the finish line. Um, and uh, I'll uh, when we I'll tell you about why we didn't fit, hit to the finish line, or you know some of our setbacks when we, uh, and then talk about uh, you know this may this may lead into ecom balance. So um, right now uh, I have you know, a variety of like ideas of like how I like, we can hire, like let me just tell you an example. Like I sent an email last week of like, um, for Smart we want to hire a, a customer support representative, someone that could just like uh speak English well and uh and answer queries throughout the night because, you know, again, we're asleep. And um, right now, I currently do have just like a college student that's part-time doing it. Like we need a little bit more just to be faster in getting responses out. Then, um, so that's like one skill. Then, then, then the next was, you know, uh, we, we probably need another graphic designer. I want an Amazon SEO specialist. Uh, as you know like <laughs> very different businesses and like but i just know that uh the you you hit a few things they're reliable um they're affordable and um and and like they're and like they're available like like there's there's so many uh upsides to them so what advice would you give me now um you know what can uh, what what should I do um, to to find people? We have a, a little bit of experience working with like referrals from the existing ones that we have, um, or we can go onto like a marketplace like OnlineJobs.ph. Um, uh, what, what else? What other options? Or like what is the easiest? Yeah. I
1: mean, honestly, I still use FreeUp. We we hire our team from FreeUp, even for Econ Balance, where we're, we're not hiring VAs necessarily. We're hiring high-level bookkeepers um, and other people for, for marketing, graphic designers, stuff like that. Uh, we, we use FreeUp. Now, referrals are always great. That's always my go-to. Um, my rule on referrals is if I have an A-plus player, those are the people I'll ask for referrals. And I'll make it clear we only want to hire someone uh, at the same level But I would also think of it more long-term. I was talking to an entrepreneur who was also hiring those college kids. And whether you're gonna sell the business or not sell the business, usually that's a a much shorter term relationship than you might want. And you end up spending time on turnover and retraining and those college kids go out and find some other job later on. For me, I'd rather hire a virtual assistant that I know is gonna work with me for years to come. That if I sell the company like we did with FreeUp, those initial thirty people on the internal team are still with FreeUp two two and a half years later, um, and plan on being with FreeUp for a while longer. Or if I keep the business, I know that these people that I'm investing so much time, energy, and money into training and building processes, and and they're gaining experience every single day. I want to keep these people around. So that's why now we either focus on U.S. hires, we have a, a U.S. bookkeeping team, or long-term virtual assistants or Filipino hires. And the marketplaces are great. I prefer hiring a marketplace over an agency. It's usually a little bit cheaper. You have more control over um, their exclusivity and whether they're working for you. A lot of times with agencies, they'll be loading up their people with with lots of different clients. And I've even had agencies that will um, switch some people out on you and and stuff like that. Um, But it depends if you're working with a a direct relationship with the VA. I like to use those marketplaces, develop a a direct long-term relationship, and yeah. kind of how I proceed forward
0: no I totally agree like uh you know I actually hired a developer from the Philippines on upwork and I didn't even he was working he was doing a lot of great work I didn't even know that he had another job uh, and he was just doing and mine was the second job um that he was he was putting in so much uh, you know, after hours work so um those are some things. Yeah, like I would ask, you know, like if if you are looking for full time, you know, it's fair to like like ask like like do you have another thing going on and like you know are you willing? Just let them know what you're looking for, um, and you can, you know, like I now have a few relationships. They've been around for a few years, and 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 they're generally very willing and ready if you if you make a good connection. So. Um, Then, you know, then you moved on to um, outsource school. This is, I believe, you know, your training and, and, you know, we're probably getting a little bit of that uh, here. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so when we sold
1: FreeUp, we had a lot of people reaching out to us asking if we could teach them our hiring process, what interview questions we ask, how we onboard a new hire, how we train them and create really good SOPs and manage them after the fact, everything from bonuses and, and raises to how you fire someone or how you promote them into a team leader. So. We put together a training that that we call Outsource School Um, and and to be honest, it it kind of bought us a little bit of time to to figure out what we want to do next. I mean, Outsource School is great and we've got 300 plus members in there and people find it helpful. Um, It's pretty passive from from Connor and my side. Connor is my business partner. Uh, We have a a Facebook group that we're active that we log in every day and respond to people's questions and help them. Um, But it's a process that people can use to make A plus hires, to keep those hires around to reduce turnover and to reduce the amount of time. I mean, you can spend 20 hours interviewing someone, or you can take our 20 to 30 minute interviewing process and get a very similar result. And that's kind of the, the whole concept of outsource school.
0: Cool. Um, then, um, so what are some common mistakes that you in hiring that you see? we talked about one of them is not
1: getting the full picture of what someone's setup is like right now we're hiring bookkeepers for for econ balance and every single person that applies it's hey how many current clients do you have what are the schedules for those clients can you work exclusive to us are you willing to drop those clients what schedule can you work are you comfortable with and really diving deeper into the bigger picture before you even get into the skill set questions and the attitude and the communication questions because A lot of people will do it backwards. They'll say, hey, this person has the skills they need, but then you realize they're really already working 60 hours a week for someone else, or they can't work the exact schedule that that you want them to. Or maybe they say they can work that schedule, but they've really never worked the the graveyard shift before. So a lot of the, the, the surrounding factors, getting on the same page before you start investing a lot of time into them. And then when you decide to interview them, one of the biggest mistakes I see is not setting the right expectations. We try to set expectations across the board from how they communicate on Slack, on email, to their working hours, to how they handle issues, to what their attitude expectation is, how they report their hours. All that stuff is expectations that you want to set on day one. And Spending that extra 20 to 30 minutes setting expectations is going to save you countless hours down the line trying to correct someone and
0: fix someone later. So, um, you know, one question that we bre- <coughs> approached before is like there's a, you know, um, there's different types of uh, employees. So, uh, what's the difference between a follower, a doer, and an expert? Yeah, sure. So the way that, that we like
1: to break it down is you got the followers, which is your your typical VA. They, they have a skill set already. They've been a VA before. We don't hire people that are trying to be a VA for the first time. They might not even like being a virtual assistant, but they're there. To follow your systems your processes if you don't have a system of how you do something you really can't hire that follower and the biggest mistake i'll see here is people will hire an amazon sourcing virtual assistant and they'll say go find me profitable products that's not what a virtual system is for it's for if you have a system to find profitable products, and they're following A, B, C, D. Now, they might have experience, they might be able to bring experience they've taken from someone else and help improve your processes, but you can't hire a virtual assistant or hire a follower unless you have a system for them to follow. A doer, a lot of times, is more of that creative type. They're the the graph designers, the writers, the Amazon listers you're not teaching someone how to be a graphic designer, but they're not consulting with you either. They're there to do that one specific task at a high level. Usually they're doing that exact same task eight, 10 hours a day for for their entire week. They're a graphic designer. All they're doing is graphic design. And those are perfect to to build a Rolodex of people you can go to. And, And this Rolodex can get bigger and go with you even from business to business. We've got graphic designers, two or three graphic designers, two or three writers that we used at up. we used at Outdoor School, we use at Ecom Balance. They're not working full time with us, but we're using them here and there for different projects. They have other clients. They're not exclusive to us. And for those, we just set up due dates and due times. We don't care when they work. We just want them to hit the due dates and get the projects done for us. And, and building up that Rolodex really helps you as an entrepreneur. And then you got the experts. They could be high level consultants, they could be agencies, they could be coaches, they're not there to actually do necessarily do the work for you and they're not there to follow your system or process. They're there to bring their own expertise to the table, whether it's it's marketing or PPC or, or whatever it is, you're hiring them for that specific expertise. And it can be a form of collaboration where you bring something to the table, they bring something to the table and you guys agree on something, but you're not hiring them to follow your way of doing something.
0: So that's kind of how I think of the follower, the doer, I, and the expert. I really like that. And no, that's really a good way to split them out because, um, yeah, they're not all the same. But uh, it's going to be dangerous if you tell someone, go source me some products, and they don't know a methodology that, that you like essentially would want them to follow um, versus someone that can actually create that process. Uh, that's uh, probably more on the expert side. Uh, I, I really like um, how you split that apart. Um, so I guess you know outsource school for you is kind of like a, a holdover, you know, something to work on on until until your next gig. So what's funny about you is like you I think you're similar to me in, um, you know, accomplishing a few businesses that are uh, complementary to each other. You know what I mean? Like you roll from one to the next and like, you kind of use the skills. So like, I've got a reselling business, a marketing agency, like these are all Amazon focused, a private label business, and now a software business. Boy, do I want to get rid of one. I tried really hard. I tried to get rid of two and I, I'm like picking up the pieces right now, looking at how last year so much of like my time and management um, went into those things, and um, we got offers on both the businesses, and they uh, they actually fell through for a variety of reasons, generally not our fault, um, but the private label business that I was uh, you know ready to sell, it took us two and a half months to get to market. And that was like the, from the moment I decided I wanted to exit it to getting to market it was two and a half months. And I was working with a broker that had some expertise about the market and uh, some of, uh, and finances and how to put things together. That really was because our books just weren't in order. You know what I mean? Like that, like we didn't have uh, uh clean uh books. So, um, again, you know, I'm seeing like, uh, what this looks like, uh, on the, on the back end of not, uh, being proactive. And I'm trying to do this with, I'm trying to fix this problem with my new businesses. But, um, so if, if there's, uh, anyone that's like hesitant about like, you know, uh, bringing in finance professionals, like, uh, let my story, uh, alone, you know, uh, motivates you there. Like it, it, it certainly has cost me. So what led you to, uh, you know, starting ecom Balance? And why is it like, uh, you know, uh, an attractive op- option? Yeah. And I think I did what a lot of entrepreneurs did or do with my
1: first company, my Amazon business. At the end of every year, I was scrambling to put the finances together. I, I could see money coming into my bank account and see what was going on on Amazon, but I never really knew um, how much stuff was costing me or what I was making every single month. And, and that really hurt me from the, the business side. And one of the best decisions we made at Free Up was day one before we were extremely profitable, we hired a good bookkeeper, we created a good bookkeeping system. At the end of every single month, we would get an income statement. It showed how much we made, what our expenses were, how the expenses were broken down. And this is something that we did every single month of free up through the entire four years I was there. And it really helped us during due diligence because you've gone through due diligence. It's long, it's tedious. They continue to to ask for more and more stuff, usually around financials and, and numbers and KPIs. And we had everything meticulously ready for them to go. If they had a question about, yeah, how much you're, uh, let's say you're, you're making per client or how, what percentage of your revenue is divided up by client or obviously your, your monthly income statement. We had all that stuff to a T ready to go, ready to respond within minutes. And that helped the, the buyers really form a level of trust with us that we knew what we were doing from a financial side. Now, after we sold up, we started doing a little bit of consulting with different people in the e-commerce space, both agencies and uh, sellers, And the common theme was the first thing we would do before we could help them make any decisions was revamp their finances, revamp their bookkeeping, make sure that we could actually get accurate numbers, understand those numbers and make decisions based on those numbers. Now, Connor and I also personally uh, really like finances, whether it's our own investments or our own um, just keeping track of our own monthly expenses, stuff like that. So we really wanted to find a way to to give back to the e-commerce community. And through a lot of brainstorming, that's where we came up with with this bookkeeping service that I think the unique perspective that, that we bring to the table is, we're not bookkeepers. Connor and I are not bookkeepers. We're not going to get our CPA. We're entrepreneurs, but we're good at hiring. We're good at building processes. We're good at hiring bookkeepers. And we know what entrepreneurs want to see, what they need to see, and how to actually display numbers in a way that entrepreneurs can understand. Because a lot of time, bookkeepers won't speak the same language as entrepreneurs, and a lot can get lost in translation there. So earlier, I guess later last year, we set out on a mission to build ecom business or ecom balance to be the best bookkeeping service out there for both sellers and service providers in the e-commerce space, bringing that very unique perspective of being entrepreneurs
0: and not bookkeepers. Awesome. Um, yeah. No, there's. Uh, it's it's hard to like move around in a business as like uh, uh, you know if you want to like turn it around of some sorts or like really like change it without having a clear uh, view on finances. Actually, we split off uh, Buy Boxer into two, just so that we knew that the finances were completely clean between the two divisions. Absolutely, um, It was certainly, you know, we, because like we had this like marketing agency of professionals, we couldn't always figure out um, how profitable it was on its own. And it really led to a lot of like finger pointing of like, oh, that's the problem. No, that's the problem, because we just didn't have a. I wasn't confident in the uh, the value of each division, and so we just split it off. And uh, so that forced us to have you know a cleaner uh, balance sheet. We didn't. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, we didn't have to do that, but um, we we knew that it would force us to to do you know the necessary things um so that's uh really interesting so let's say uh you know someone's a seller and they they get to about uh a million dollars selling on amazon a year or uh you know maybe mixed in with some shopify or whatever what should they expect to spend uh in uh uh you know hiring like Uh, a a bookkeeper for their year, like how much should, should they budget for that? Yeah. I mean, we've got clients that are pretty simple accounts that are,
1: we're charging $150 a month to do their bookkeeping. And we've got clients who are massive that we're charging $1,500 a month. And they might also have us doing their payroll. And if they're an agency, we do accounts receivable. So there's different add-on stuff there. But I mean, typically you're you're spending somewhere between $200 and $800 a month. Um, I know it's a pretty
0: big ballpark, but it really just yeah, no, depends on it, it, all it, the it, stuff it, that's it. going on. I'm sure the audience loves to hear like what the low end could look like. Um, and then they know what they're paying for if they have to pay for more. Um, that's really, that's, I, that, I actually think that is a very attractive offer. I, I can you know, that's a sizable business and they should be spending at least, you know, a few hundred dollars a month. Um, that's really uh, not, uh, super helpful to lay that out. I'm a big fan of uh, getting your books clean because uh, it lets you be a better manager. Uh, it lets you go to sleep at night. And it also keeps you out of jail for not paying taxes. Right. Um, <laughs> no. I'm, uh, so um, I, I think it's pretty cool where you've, you've gone. And, and I'm sure like I'll maybe have a few, uh, you know, follow up questions over the, over the next few months about like it, it us using free up opened up our perspective. And, um, I, uh, just love, uh, working with Philip, uh, Filipinos. Like I love it. They are, um, they just have a really, uh, they've, there's just a culture fit, you know, and we sent them Christmas stuff, uh, like a backpack and like, uh, a few, like, and some t-shirts. And, um, so we're trying to invest in these relationships and, and hope that they continue forward. So, so thank you for, uh, you know, paving the way, I think it's probably the first time that I was like, okay, Filipino VA is what's this about? So um, your past work has certainly influenced uh, me. Um, let's see. So um, what are your, what are your final goals uh, for e balance? Like, where do you see this going? Our goal is to get to a thousand clients. Right
1: now, as we're filming this, we've got about twenty clients, and um, like we kind of talked about earlier, we count on those initial clients to help us perfect the service. We've got a long way to go. We've hired a great team. We've we've built a lot of really good processes that we're going to improve on over time. The same developer that that built FreeUp is, is building the back end of Econ Balance with a, a portal for clients and and affiliates and and a lot of connections that'll go to Amazon and Shopify. So we have a lot of work to do. It, it's fun. Uh, growing a business but i mean we're looking for entrepreneurs that, that want to understand their numbers better um want to really have month-to-month bookkeeping that's clear and easy to understand and it helps them make real decisions every single month and that are willing to give us feedback so that we know how to improve. So right now we're, we're offering two free months to anyone that that listens to this podcast to, to test us out, see see how you like us. And, and you can reach out to me at, at Nathan at EconBalance.com or sign up right on the site. But um, yeah, it, it's fun They're trying to perfect a new service and a new industry that we, we know is important just from our own experience uh, doing
0: financials for our own businesses. Awesome. Now that's a, that's a great offer, two free months and really like, uh, you know, uh, you, I, I'd recommend taking him up on that. Um, you know, you'll learn a lot in the process, no matter what. Uh, so really cool. All right. Well, Nathan, so much for, thank you for jumping on the podcast. Um, look forward to, uh, uh, crossing paths with you in the future, as I'm sure we will. So did you did you mention how people can get a hold of you? Yeah, you you gave an email. (laughs) Yeah,
1: econbalance.com or Nathan at econbalance.com is my email. But you can also find me Nathan Hirsch on on any social media channel.
0: Okay. Perfect. All right. Well uh let's that that let's wrap that this podcast up. Um thank you everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe and I'll catch you on the next episode. One, two, three. <clears throat>